All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And, well, we have another in, in the... the, the Sorry, guys, it is bright and early, and when I'm talking bright and early, I'm literally recording this at 4.59 a.m. on a Wednesday night, or when, no, wait, Wednesday morning. See, that's what happens. Not enough caffeine yet, but we're working on that soon. I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background. Anyway, welcome to another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. We're going to be talking to and in the bivouac this time around. I know you guys saw the title. We're going to be talking to Nate Hunt. Jackson Motorsports Group, representing the BF Goodrich brand down in Baja and parts abroad. I believe there's a few other brands involved with that. It's been a minute since I've been in contact with them and worked with them before. And so working on getting him on the phone here in just a second. But a lot of history with these guys down in Baja. They've done a few things. They've set up some pretty epic pit support. And, well, we're going to talk a little bit about that on today's show, find out a little bit more about his function with the team. And not only that, some of the ways that they support racers like none other than Baja and racing legend Rob McCachran. If you guys know who Rob McCachran is, he pretty much can drive the hell out of anything. I mean, literally drive the wheels off of it and keep it together. He has been the mentor to some of the greatest trophy truck drivers that are around now. And, well, still the guy to beat when it comes down to Baja. Favorite story, Rob McCackham, really quick, and maybe we'll get him on the show. Uh, when he whacks the floor in a 1600 car in the Class 12 race out at Laughlin one year. Yeah. Limited suspension, just swapped out the motor, if I remember the story correctly. And then went out and kicked everybody's ass in a limited car in an almost unlimited class. But only way that happened was uh, aboard some BF Goodrich tires that didn't let him down on that one. That sounded like a total commercial. But when you go beat the hell out of a car, that's what it's going to take. So let's turn the party down a little bit. And let's see if we can get our guy on the on the phone here. How's everybody doing this morning? Let's see here. Phone ringing. Good morning. Nate? Yes, sir. (laughs) What's going on, sir? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, doing all right. It's a when I don't know. I lost track. I think it's Wednesday morning. Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm the worst guy to ask that question. <laughs> oh, okay. So you guys deal with the whirlwind too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, back, being uh, based on the East Coast and doing ninety percent of my work on the West Coast, it it gets confusing sometimes. And right, which time zone? What time it is? Um, yeah. When you get into the office, you send emails out and you're expecting a response pretty quick only to realize that, well, <laughs> yeah, people are still sleeping. <laughs> yeah. And being out on the road at races and I, I like to wake up early and kind of get ahead of the East Coast emails and then realize that uh, it's Saturday or Sunday morning. And 
don't have any, so yeah, no. you just never know. Well, that, that sounds like a them problem. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're doing your job. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. So okay, so in the intro, you didn't hear the intro, but uh, my family and I we raced Baja. We raced Baja in five sixteen hundred class ten uh, sixteen hundred. My brother now races UTV. You guys, and by I mean you guys, is the whole BF Goodrich and Jackson Motorsports Group mm-hmm. have, have been around forever. Uh, give me a little bit of the history. What? Uh, how did this all come about? Sure. Um, I'll start with the with the BFG side. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, about forty plus years ago, um, BF Goodrich uh, got a. Uh, motorsports manager who was given the task of getting the light truck tire more involved or, or more known in in the off-road world or really just in the light truck world. BFG was kind of known as passenger tire. And so uh, getting into um, off-road and into off-road racing, and uh, looking to see where it made the most sense and what would be a, a good test ground platform for us as far as the terrain and, and and what would really challenge the tire and give us a good R&D platform. I uh, looked at Baja, I looked at uh, score racing at the time, mm-hmm. and we started talking to some of the racers. And not when I say we, I wasn't around then. But yeah. uh, BFG started talking to some of the racers and basically the question got asked rather than just handing dollars over to you, what would be valuable to your race team down in Mexico racing for these Baja 500 and 1000 mile races. And the the general feedback that came back was um, we could use help with our pits. It takes a lot of people to go down there and, and fuel the cars, change tires on the cars, work on the cars, and to be able to have people spread out around the race course down in Mexico, that costs us a lot of money to do that with vehicles, people, food. Um, get finding the right people takes a lot of time and effort. So if BFG could develop a program where it's available to basically racers who are running the tires, that could save those teams a lot of money and really help their race effort. So that's basically where the idea of BFG pit service came from. Plus it not only supported the racers who chose to get this really a new company to that community. Uh, We were known as the other guys. Nobody really knew who we were because we weren't involved in light truck um, to, uh, to get on the board. Um, basically it, it made teams pay attention and say, Oh, wait a second. You know, I'm buying tires. Um, but if I buy BF Goodrich tires, I get this pit support program. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was also an incentive for teams to, to buy tires. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, where it started. Um, it's, now turned for a while it was all the top teams were were using bfg pits mm-hmm. uh the scoop vessels the the gordons mcmillans um a lot of the big top teams were were using bfg pits and uh 
we we would have mechanics, uh, fabricators, medics, translators, cooks, uh, just about anything you can think of that would, and fuelers, ch- tire changers, like anything you can think of, basically short of changing out a, a motor in a pit. Um, you can get that service, and at the time it was, if you run a tires, you get it for free. So um, <clears throat> it's it's now transitioned more into these days with uh, the the advancements of the fueling process. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the top teams are now all doing their own pits because with the the usage of these pressure pros or or like equipment where they're shoving hundreds of gallons of gas into a tank in, you know, seconds compared to dump cans where you're, you know, basically relying on gravity mm-hmm. and a couple of guys to lift them and put it in the car. Um, the, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense. It, well, it's, I wouldn't say impossible, but it would take a lot of investment for BFG to put enough of those pressure pros in each pit to be able to, take care of each of the teams um a lot of people ask me why why don't you just buy one pressure pro and put it in the in the pit and i was like well that's great if you only have one car or two cars but bfg can have anywhere from 30 to 50 to 80 to 100 teams signed up with them at a race so how am i gonna keep refueling that one pressure pro to (laughs) take care of the cars that are lining up waiting for fuel Um, because right now we'll take we'll take you know, 50 or 60, 70, 80 dump cans down there and have them all pre-filled up with the fuel for the cars that are coming in. So we can grab, get that car out, fuel them, go get the next one in. Uh, we got to be prepared for a lot of different cars with a lot of different flavors of fuel, a lot of different fuel companies, different octane levels. Uh, so, um, Anyway, where it's going with that is a lot of the top teams now are are, are doing their own pitting, um, and we're really there for the teams who are either new and don't know what they're doing down there, and want to rely on the experience and support that BF Goodrich puts down on the peninsula, um, and or can't afford or 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 you know are on a, a a budget to be able to do this and really rely on on the support that BFG provides down there. So. Yeah. I don't know if that answers all the questions, but that's kind of the, the the basic overview of what we do down there. Yeah, the background, and I and and I mean, there's things I remember. Like I remember your, your, the the maps that you guys would do, the chase maps and and course maps that you guys would do, like legendary. You know, all the access roads, all the stuff you needed to know, whether it was an improved road, unimproved. Like there was some really crazy stuff, and then not only that, but also BFG relay with communications, uh, kind of keeping track more or less of the flow of the race. There's there's. Uh, a lot. I don't know if you guys are still doing that. Yeah, so that's that's definitely part of, of when you sign up for the BFG pits. And, yeah, I didn't mention that. But I was more talking about, like, the on-site or, or the, the actual in the pit. But, yeah, along with the pits, we also do – a lot of people call it the BFG Bible, I've heard. Um, but, basically, we, we call them map books. And uh, I guess to back up a little bit from that, so to start off – if you will, BF Goodrich's investment in in score racing or racing in BAH, um, it starts off with we are the official tire of score. So the investment starts with with providing money, uh, sponsoring the race sanctioning body that is basically doing the work to be able to put a race on down there. So 
we have a place to to play, if you will, or, or race. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where the first investment starts, and um, I think that's important important because the other thing, along with Bia Goodrich, that, that's different compared to some of the competitors, is that we, we're really focused on the sport of off road racing. We want to see the sport grow because without the sport growing and doing well, again, we don't have anywhere to to, to play. So. Um, so we try to not only help the top guys, we're getting us overall wins, but we're also trying to help the class 11 guy that's trying to get a win and all the classes in between. So, uh, kind of spread the wealth, if you will, um, as far as support wise, but, um, but yeah, so, so then along with our sponsorship of the score series, um, we, we help the race director of score go down and, and we've been doing this, I think since, since we have started the pit program, um, working on, on helping map out the race course. Um, obviously that's evolved over the years with GPS and, and Google earth and everything that's going on these days, but, um, <clears throat> but going down and, and, and helping the, the um, the race director and the sanctioning body do a map out the race course. And there's a few reasons for that. One of them is, you know, sometimes a race director, he's only thinking about a really tough course or a really fun course, or we really want to do this or that. And then <clears throat> by, by BF Goodrich attending or, or being down there, it's like, well, yeah, but that's really great. But you're out in the middle of nowhere with no access for 400 <laughs> Log- miles. So how are you going to feel somebody if you don't have a helicopter? Yeah. Logistically um, speaking, <laughs> yes. this doesn't yeah. look good. <laughs> so, so sometimes it's a lot of the, that conversation. Um, <clears throat> plus, uh, it allows it allows us as a tire company to be able to see the terrain that they're going over and and be able to think about the future and what kind of products we need to have that's going to help the racers uh, have the best product possible. So that allows us to get down there as well. But the other thing is that the value that provides, we not only are we on the race course helping do the mapping with the GPS files and course notes is we also have somebody running or maybe a couple cars at some time um, running all the access roads, as you mentioned. And if you've never raced in Baja, just imagine going down a paved road and you see a dirt path or road maybe if you want to call it that going off to the right and one going off to the left and you can see multiple but you can't see where the end goes so if you think the race course is off to your right well this road is off to the right so it's probably going to go out to the race course you you get on that road there's a hundred things that can happen you can come to a fence you can come to a lake across the road uh you come to a, a wash there's a, uh you come in just into a ranch you can get out there and it turns the other direction and you find yourself go in the wrong direction or away from the race course. So there's a lot of things that can happen. And even if you're looking at a GPS or a Google earth and you see that this dirt path goes all the way to the race course in theory from, from a satellite picture. Um, like I said, there can be, there can be washouts. There can be ruts. There can be fences. There's a lot of things that can happen where you just wasted a lot of time going down this road thinking it goes to race course. So mm-hmm. we run, we run all of those, all those uh, <clears throat> rows every time every, before every race, because as you know, if you've raced down Baja, things change all the time. So uh-huh. just because it was it, just because it was accessible three months ago doesn't mean that it still is. Mm-hmm. So we re- rerun them all um, just to make sure we we take notes with and, and we we put GPS points waypoints if you will 
um, <clears throat> at, at the start of the, the track and then, uh, or, or the, the access road and then where it hits the race course. And there's a couple reasons for that one. It's visible on your GPS unit. If you have a GPS unit in your, in your truck, but it also, um, gives a, a long and lat. So if you needed to get in touch with a helicopter or if you're ca calling score ops and saying, Hey, we need a medevac, uh, this is where he's at. You can get, we have that, that captured. So that also is all in the map book. So not only do we take all the notes with all the GPS points and long and lats, uh, we take notes. So we recommend this could be a four wheel drive trail. This could be, a, you know, you could do this in a, in a Tesla, um, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is put all that information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so put all that and all that's captured in the, in the BFG map book. Um, we have, we have all the race notes and a lot different from what the score puts out for their race notes is along with the race notes. We also put the, if there's an access road there, or if it crosses the highway, we'll put what highway it is and what K marker it's crossed at. Um, all that's to the right-hand column of all the race notes. <clears throat> so it's kind of a quick reference guide. So if you're, you know, your racer says, Hey, I'm broke down in race mile 350. Um, you can just go to 350 in the race notes and look and see which access road uh, is closest. And then you can go into the access notes and find out <clears throat> the exact notes that go into it. Because, because the other thing is, is you don't want to go backwards on the race course. We don't want anybody, not even chase teams going backwards on the race course. So <clears throat> one, one access road may take you, south of where your driver is which would make you have to go i'm making up south because it could be south and north but yeah. could be could be on the wrong side of where your cars broke down and then you're basically trying to go backwards against race traffic which which is 100 percent unsafe so um so not only valuable information for your chase teams to have but a, it's a safety factor as well plus we have the the maps as you mentioned we do a map um, we had kind of have an overall overview map, if you will, that just kind of shows the, the bird's eye shot of it. But then we have zoomed in maps that actually show where all those access roads are with little flags that, that say the kilometer, um, the highway, the kilometer, and then what race mile it goes into and all of that's captured just in, in a map form as well. So, um, and then along with that is the G, the GPS files that we do, um, uh, kind of mentioned that you can see it on the GPS because we do put all of that. Uh, in the, in GPS files, um, and it has all the access roads and information along with the race course and highways. So, um, yeah, it, quite a process that goes into each one of the books. But um, I think that's uh, fr from what I hear from racers, it's one of the most valuable things that they get, uh, aside from the the actual just pit support. I, I remember it's interesting. I remember back in the day that was the that was the thing. The teams that weren't on the BF Goodrich program were were usually trying to get their hands on one. You know, hey, you got any <laughs> any spares of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always tell people when we hand them out, like, don't hand these to the competition. These are for you. Yeah. Um, it, you know, not only do we want to protect our intellectual property, but uh, why would you want to give your competitor an edge? So this is your edge. Um, but yeah, I know they, they, I'm sure they get stolen or passed around or however you want to look at it. Like I'm going to turn my head the other way, but, um, but yeah, it, it's just when, when you got, um, you know, 350 racers down there, there's a lot of people down there. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we, we try to protect as much as possible. We, we, we want, definitely want it, um, to be, to be, a, a 
a valuable thing for the, the vehicle coaches race teams to to help them um, compete and, and do well and get to the finish line. And I mean, and not only like you said, is keep them safe. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, obviously Baja is a really crazy place in sense of that it can be vast and very lonely very quickly. So yeah, knowing which access road to go down because your racer's already been out there for four hours, you know, and, and you know, you had to go back to Ensenada because that's usually Murphy's law. They break mm-hmm. down on the one spot where the trailer can't be close to and you <laughs> yep. go to Ensenada, grab the trailer, come back, you know, it's four hours later, these guys have been out there. And so, yeah, you want to nail the access roads, you want to nail all of that stuff. And I think that uh, what you guys do obviously is super important for that. Uh, being in, and have worked in, in rallies where racers have been out there uh, four or five hours already. Uh, this last event that I worked, we had a racer that was, wasn't getting pulled out of the desert till almost midnight um, just because logistically their team didn't, didn't know how to use the GPS coordinates to get to the access road that we laid out for them and all of the stuff. So it's very interesting, you know, that it, all the work that you guys would put in uh, tour. How far does that start? Like we have the Baja 400 coming up. How far out have you guys already done all of this and all the homework already for this? Or? Um, not, not all of it. So like I mentioned before, how, how technology is advanced um, with Google Earth and, and a lot of other uh, apps and, and, mm-hmm. and um, aids, I guess that we, that we have. Um, the other thing that we have as well is, you know, South fish was, score director for many many years um and his nephew paul was was working with him and uh you know they 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 lived in in the u.s and would go down there at specific times and and try to find course and try to find some new stuff or go run the old stuff um we work with uh uh, with a guy in, in Mexico that would go out and get the, the landowner permissions and such. So um, it, w- it was definitely different back in Sal's days. Mm-hmm. Um, but now um, now with, with technology that, w- that we have, plus uh, Roger Norman, who, who owns SCORE, has also uh, hired Jose, Jose G, we call him mm-hmm. affectionately, um, and his assistant, Roto, who... Uh, spends a lot of time uh, on Google Earth, and, and he, he's he's kind of got some experience in rally racing and some other areas. So uh, he brings some some unique perspectives to the the race courses. But <clears throat> also, they live in Ensenada, so they can go out on a weekend um, or any time during the week and just say, "Hey, you know, I just found this trail on Google Earth. I want to go check it out and make sure it's actually passable or, or something that's cool. So they can just run down there and do that pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's, that's actually very nice because um, if, if you've raced in the last, I'll say 10 years, um, you've seen a lot of new race course, which has been really good. I think just about every race, there's some part of it that's new that we've never done before that we haven't done in, in a long time. So, um, having, having those guys down there, having Mexican nationals down there who, who know the area pretty well and also can go check out things, uh, on pretty much any given day, uh, has, has really helped. So yeah, coming up to the 400, um, We've had drawn map. We have we have a, a plot trail, if you will, um, <clears throat> already kind of put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I just heard there was a, a little bit of a change, so I'm kind of waiting on that. But right now, the plan is to go down um, uh, August 12th 
we're going to go down and, and uh, map it out uh, for a race this size, probably take just a couple days to do. Um, so I'll go down with, with, um, with a, I, I don't want to call it a pre-runner. It's basically a Raptor with a few things bolted on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's the other thing when we're, we're in, when we're down there mapping one, um, it's not during pre-run time. So locals wouldn't know that pre-running is going on. So it's a safety thing. Uh, we're not out there trying to set any speed records or do any time gaps or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're down there to work. So we're doing notes. And um, so anyway, I have a, have a Raptor that we use uh, to, to run the race course. And then um, my coworker, uh, Cody Stewart out, uh, out West works in our uh, Jackson Santee office. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes out and, and runs the access roads for us. Um, I don't allow him on the race course because he, he uh, also co-rides with Cameron Steele in the trophy truck. So he's not allowed to go on the race course because um, that's that would be, an un, in my opinion, an unfair advantage uh, to to a, to a, to a I wouldn't even say competitor a competitor in the field. Um, so uh, we're we're careful with that kind of stuff too. But yeah, uh, we'll go down and, and map that all out. And uh, um, should take us a couple of days, and then kind of come straight out. And um, Vegas Torino uh, should be happening the end of that week. We don't have any pit support going on there, but we have some of our partners that are racing. So um, the other thing, uh, and I know this kind of do rabbit trails a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. but the other thing, uh, along with not only the, um, and I'll get to BFG relay in a second, Yeah. but not, not only with, uh, what, what we do in the pits is anywhere BF Goodrich is racing and we go with attendance. Um, 99% of the time we're bringing somebody from BF Goodrich who is a technical person. So it may be a tire designer, maybe a race tire designer, mm-hmm. but it also could be, uh, a guy that that works on um, all terrains or mud terrains it could be a guy who works on the Michelin brand. Uh, it could be anybody that has what we call day jobs. Uh, it could be marketing. Could be could be a lot of different things. But it's somebody that has some technical knowledge about tires. Mm-hmm. Um, we bring them down to each of the race or out to each of the race courses uh, or, uh, or races, I should say, race events that we have. Um, to provide technical support. So there could be questions about pressures and and what do you recommend with this tire size on this weight vehicle for this type of course? <clears throat> what what pre- cold pressures do you recommend? Um, and uh, that that's very valuable to have. Plus they're there to hear feedback. So if there's a, a weird mark on a tire or, or uh, something weird with the tire, or if, if there was a, a flat, what, you know, what, look at it kind of see was it you know well yeah you pretty much smashed the heck out of the wheel so i'm pretty sure you hit something pretty good yeah um short of this being filled with foam it was gonna go flat (laughs) (laughs) kind of a slap you upside the head and say no you screwed up on that one you gotta sometimes you gotta drive around the rock but um but no it's good to have that that uh that support down there um so uh, me and a couple of engineers are going to go out to Vegas Torino, um, which is stateside, of course, uh, longest race in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, for off-road. So, um, go up there and support some of our partners there. But uh, yeah, once we once we get back from the mapping and we have all the raw data, um, we've actually run every inch of the course, so we know it's possible. 
Um, SCORE usually still has some work to do with uh, landowners, ajitos, if you will. I won't dive too deep into that, but a lot of times we hear, um, like, why can't we go through this area, or why do we have to go around, or why do we have to get on a highway? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, and ajitos basically are a group of ranchers that own land. Um, and just real quick, they can, they can have a head of an ajito that you talk to and you pay some money to, to be able to go through the land. And then two weeks later you go down to pre-run it or whatever. And, uh, the guy walk, uh, a guy walks up to you and says, Hey, I'm the head of this ajito. Uh, you need to pay to go through here. And it's like, well, we paid a couple weeks ago. And that guy's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I'm the head. So I need to be paid. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of that goes on. Um, which is again, nice to have the Mexican nationals because, uh, they, they uh they know what's going on and can usually figure it out but uh yeah, there could be some arguments there could be some <laughs> debates on some of that stuff yeah um, who is actually i mean have it, i mean yeah that would be the important thing is is knowing okay well okay this is on paper according to this this is the guy not, yeah. not this guy <laughs> <laughs> you know and yeah yeah, I get it. But man, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I've seen that I've seen courses be changed, you know, last minute when we back in the day when we were racing because of things like that, that areas were closed down uh, during pre running and during all this stuff. And I feel like, you know, I I don't at least outside looking in, I don't feel like scores out to hose anybody on that kind of stuff. But I could see where the, the, the shell game can lead to issues. So, yeah, no, a 100 percent does. And and not only with um not only with the ajitos but uh we also say on the on the coast side especially uh right now in san Quentin area mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of agriculture going on mm-hmm. and these big agriculture companies own these um you know big chunks of property mm-hmm. and the agriculture company doesn't make any money off of the score races Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they they have more risk because of irrigation pipes, crops. Um, it's more of an annoyance to them than a value. Where the gas stations, the hotels, or the restaurants, um, they all get value from the race coming through their area. But these big agriculture companies, they don't care. Um, so it's really difficult to go racing through some of those areas. Cause there's not an amount of money for those guys. Those guys are like agriculture is really, really good. And which is really good for, for that state of, uh, you know, Baja California. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's good for the people, it's jobs, uh, it's income. So it's a really good thing for that state. So it, it's, it's when in our little race world, <laughs> sometimes we think we're huge, but we're not really that big in the grand scheme of things. Um, in our little world, we sit there, how can they not want us to go through there? I mean, how do they not want the people to see these trophy trucks come flying through at 115 miles an hour or whatever? And, uh, look at all the business that we bring. Well, in the bigger picture, that's nothing to these agriculture companies. So we have a little bit of stuff to deal with on that. Um, and I say we uh, score, but, um, but it's not as easy as it sounds. And there's a reason why I don't sign up for memberships on forums because uh, I, I would regret commenting on a lot of these <laughs> st- stupid things I hear keyboard warriors saying. Yeah. Um, 
but that's it's the way it is and you know what if they're talking about if they're talking about it that's good because that means we have something worth talking about so yeah i mean and, and yeah i totally get it. i when i was uh one of my former employments with mendiola that was one of the things that i did was you know is, is take a look at the forums and help offer technical support and the things you see i mean even in my current job now it's like i get it you know a lot of I think that's why maybe some of the forums have maybe gone and disappeared or gone by the wayside is because they become this breeding ground for rumor and just, I mean, I hate to use the term misinformation, but literally that's what it is. You know, it's people that don't understand. They have no idea exactly how much it takes to create a race course, whether it be in off-road, whether it be in rally, whatever it is, you know, talk to all these people. They don't, they don't have actual insight into the organization as much as they say they do. You know, they only know just this little piece of it, but it's enough mm-hmm. for them to think that they, you know, oh, I, I know, I, I know people there. I know people in the area. I know whatever. And <clears throat> unfortunately, a lot of times it's just hearsay because they also know that, well, it's not like anybody can prove it. And I just want to be important. So, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, even, even racers who do know, um, at least a race course and have been doing it for a lot of years. Um, you know, one, one thing I hear a lot is, well, we've been doing that for 40 years or 30 years or 20 years, whatever it is. And, um, yeah, but things change. (laughs) There's a lot of things that change. There's things that change with, with race courses, with, with, um, with, business with the state uh with the locations that we're going um right. the stuff that changes with sponsors i mean we, even just in bfg's world um you know it, it's not the same as it was 40 years ago and at the beginning bf goodrich was getting involved to to get their name out there and uh, their market their their brand equity uh was in trying to get exposure and so people knew what the heck they were talking about when they said BF Goodrich. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's, we're, we're pretty well known after this many years of staying involved and, and this could be debatable, but I'm fairly certain just from pouring over some of the history and paperwork, I'm fairly certain that we're, that BF Goodrich is the only brand who, uh, who's been involved for this amount of time in, in off-road racing. I'll just talk about supportive off-road racing, um, without, without pulling out for, for a few years. Um, I can't think of another brand that that's done that, uh, and been involved as long as we have. So, um, and that, to me, that's credit to the brand. Um, they've figured out a sustainable program. Uh, we've seen a lot of companies come in and want to be BFG, if you will. I don't say that arrogantly, but it's yeah. well, you guys set a bar the way it is. Yeah, um, they want to come in and be that right away, and so they come in and they just throw a whole bunch of money around um, to some of the top drivers, just trying to get that overall win, and um, and it's not sustainable for for what they have. Uh, the The first investment needs to be in the product. You have to have a product that's competitive. Uh, a lot of these uh, top racers. You, as you know, in our sport, it's uh, it's not a money making business for them. No. Um, it's 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 really a hobby sport. I don't want to say that <clears throat> too much because people think of a hobby as not professional or <clears throat> not as uh, not as big as it is for this racing. It's a big deal, and you have to have a lot of talent, or, or I should say, you have to have some talent in a, in a 
big set or whatever some 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 <laughs> something some crazy <laughs> some crazy wire loose upstairs to do this kind of stuff but yeah. um well, a lot of us gentlemen racers if you will um or or you know um some talent with a with a large bank account behind it so um <clears throat> so uh the the uh the investment by these by these teams that go down um is is huge and so when when you throw a guy five hundred thousand dollars and just make up a number um and they're spending two million you know yeah that's nice um and thank you and a lot of times i hear like oh we're we're gonna post this really big uh contingency for winning overall like ten thousand dollars nobody else is posting ten thousand dollars and you get to the finish line and all the comments you know your keyboard warriors again are like Oh great! You know, BFG gave him a check for beer money for the party that night. It's like, okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, but having having that sustainable program again, like I mentioned before, with BFG Goodrich, um, with the sport of off-road racing, and, and not just going after, not not just spending all their money on the top teams, but it, it's an expensive thing to do to pit support program, and I think that gets kind of overshadowed a little bit a lot of people just expect bf butters to be down there mm-hmm. uh you know with semis with box trucks with with people with equipment um <clears throat> it, it's a it's a it's a big expense for the brand and uh i would say may, maybe the right word should be investment by the brand yeah. um, <clears throat> but it's not cheap and, and if you've ever put together your own race program and taken your own chase and run your own pits and bought all the equipment and uh, and done it yourself um then you kind of have an idea and that was just for one or two trucks and again we do a lot more than that so um <clears throat> so it is an investment by the brand and, and i want to see more tire companies get involved um yeah. and, oh i know what i started with sorry with the rabbit trails game but again it goes in you have to have a product so where i was going with the, you know these these uh these trophy truck guys, especially trophy truck spec guys, class one guys, you know, they want a product that works. Um, They don't want to have to change flat tires. Uh, They want, they want the, the performance to be there. They spent a million dollars on this trophy truck with all these special parts and pieces and suspension and motors, uh, technology just in their dashboards for crying out loud and light Mm -hmm. bars, um, all that kind of stuff, wheels, um, they need a tire that that performs and <clears throat> is reliable. So, uh, tire companies that are coming in, you know, th- it's not just a matter of throwing around a bunch of money. It, it needs to be an investment in, in your product, number one, and then number two, look at look at you know look at a five year plan. Don't come in just for a couple years and just toss around a bunch of money. Um, you know, get get a sustainable plan put together that that works for your company and uh and can grow it and i mean i'd love to see uh five or six seven tire companies involved um it right now in trophy truck really there's i would say three three tire companies involved right now that um that are or have the trophy truck the 40 inch tire if you will so um we, we would love some more um i think that's one thing i really enjoyed about short course racing um a few years ago when when we were involved and we had the race tires for a pro two pro four mm-hmm. um we had we had eight or nine tire companies out there that were competing and and that's fun 
Like I like the competition. I hate losing. It'd be really, you know, if I was just all about winning, um, you know, I'd rather it just be us out there because then I can get the win. But but then who are we racing against? So I, I love the competition. I love um, I love having uh, some some really great racers on on, on a competitor's tire uh, because that just pushes our brand to do better. Uh, if we just won all the time, they'd just say, okay, well, we got a good tire. We don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you got a c- competition out there that drives you like, okay, we got to get something better. We got to be able to give our racer an edge. Uh, <clears throat> we need to be uh, faster. We need to be tougher. We need to be uh, better in the corners. There's uh, better in braking. There's a million things that go into the tires, but uh, that competition drives um, drives the brands, drives the companies to, uh, to, to elevate their product and, and ultimately elevate the sport. So I love it. Love to see more tire companies coming in. Um, so yeah, I, um, and, and I don't know how long this goes. I'm just kind of rambling right now, but <laughs> I did want, I did want to touch quickly on, on, uh, Dave Goodrich relay. Yeah. Um, so when we started the program, we also uh, started doing BF Goodrich Relay again. Feedback from teams of what would be valuable out there, mm-hmm. and um, it really did start with uh, with it being uh, BFG Relay out there it was providing communications all across the the race course. And um, and 40 years ago, you didn't have sat phones. You did. You didn't have uh, your cellular coverage over most of the peninsula. Uh, you didn't have tracking. So you didn't really know where your race car was. Um, so BF Goodrich provo- would put relay spots out all the way around the course to provide coverage uh, to basically any any race car that's out there and then be able to relay information to chase teams or to or to score for for medical if needed. Um, a, a lot of a lot of um, possibilities for what BF Goodrich relay would handle and use. So um we've continued doing that um it's definitely different now with the tracking with uh starlink like how what a game changer starlink is mm-hmm. um being able to you know be in the middle of ah where you wouldn't even dream of of cell service um you have high speed internet and uh it's wild uh, it's a great tool um it's changed kind of the value a little bit of, of some of the stuff that we do down there. When I say we be, if Goodrich does down there, um, uh, because their teams really know where the race cars are for the most part. Um, but I still, I still think that value exists to be out there because, uh, I don't know how trusting you are of technology, but you know, yeah, when my phone works, it's awesome. Yeah. When it doesn't, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to fix it. Uh, you know, if I don't have a charger, I don't know how to charter. You know, wh- yeah. what do I do? My light's over. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you could have all the Starlink or, or technical equipment attached to your car, but if you roll it or, uh, you know, a wire comes on tap, uh, uh, a million things that could happen to your technology, uh, then where, then where are you? Uh, how do you get in touch with anybody? Uh, so we're still out there. We still have the, <laughs> the VHS uh, or, or FM, if you will, the, whatever it's called, the the waves. Uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. not my area of expertise, but um, 
Uh, but we're out there and, uh, you know, hearing that voice on the other end of the radio, um, you know, sometimes could be life or death, uh, could be just a sigh of relief that, you know, somebody does know where I am and they're getting in touch with, with somebody. So, um, you know, we want to continue to be out there and, uh, as, as long as we're providing value, uh, you know, I want to be able to do that. So it is a huge part of our, our program and, uh, so thankful for, um, the, the people who've run it, um, again, I, and I don't, I, I didn't touch on this on the, on the pit stuff, but even with the relay stuff, um, it, we couldn't do this without volunteers. We have, a we have truck drivers, we have, uh, medics, we have pit leaders, uh, we have tire changers. We have some guys with specific skills, mm. uh, as mechanics and fabricators. Um, I was going to say it takes nine, an army. It takes an <laughs> do, army, do, do, do uh, and I couldn't, af- I couldn't afford to pay all of those people to do it. Uh, so we used volunteers, and that started a long time ago. Um, and it, it, to this day, every race, uh, I'm blown away, uh, super grateful and appreciative of, of the people that come out and do this because it, I still can't wrap my head around why somebody wants to take off of work. Um on their own, get to San Diego. So our deal is you get to San Diego, we pick you up in San Diego, take you down, take care of your food, lodging, um, get you back to San Diego, and then you know, you're know you on your own again. So these people spend their own money to come down there and uh, and, and go down and, and you know sleep with their head in the dirt a lot of times and, uh, and work their ass off in the pit. And, um and they do it because they want to, and they volunteer to do it. It, it just blows my mind, but um, we couldn't do it without them. And I think a, a big, big part of it is, is uh, being part of the Baja 1000 or 500, some of these iconic races that the world knows about. Um, to know that I'm a small part of what's going on uh, is a big driving motivation. Uh, and then the other thing is, is, is is the brand the bf goodrich brand they want they have a loyalty loyalty like i've never seen to a brand um <clears throat> to just want to be part of, of something that they feel is, is important to the sport but also um is something that they, that that they feel is is important want to see continue and so um yes. just so grateful so grateful for the people that volunteer to come down and do that well, and I can imagine, I mean, it's like you have, you know, like you mentioned, you have all of these teams that you, that you guys service and how cool is it that, you know, as a volunteer and being there, you get all of these stories, you get to see the lead trophy truck race because there's a high probability that both of those trucks are on BFGs and they're going to come in and okay, last we heard they're 32 seconds apart. And so they're going to be looking at you for this and that or, you know, or or one or whoever. They've got a mechanical issue that's coming up or there's just so many like situate so many story, <laughs> a lifetime of stories and literally just one event. And yeah, and I mean, I can see the addiction. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you just remind me of something. And, and uh, it, these these guys are race fans and. um Especially, and we use a lot of local Mexican uh, guys that come out, people, girls and gals, uh, girls and, and guys that will come and help. But, um, you know, in off-road racing, I mean, these guys, a lot of them, they're not following um, 
Michael Jordan. Uh, I know I'm old, but Michael Jordans or, or whoever the the top NBA player is these days, or or tennis players or whatever sport sports wise, and this is their sport mm-hmm. and their their heroes, their idols, the guys they have posters of, people they have posters of, um, you know, are the trophy truck drivers or the uh, you know the class one guys the. Uh, people that they idolize and to get a chance to maybe touch a car or get a high five from one of those guys is huge. Like, can you imagine if for me and, you know, in the, in the nineties, if Michael Jordan walked up to me and, and, you know, gave me a high five and said, Hey man, thanks for whatever it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have, I would have probably passed out and then like, always, I would, I would remember that for the rest of my life because he was, to me the the goat and and uh i, I just got a high five i got an acknowledgement from that guy yeah. so that's the only thing i can put it to to help relate to people who don't understand off-road racing is kind of that same thing um at the baja 500 this past race um both luke mcmillan who to me is if not the best, uh, one of the best trophy truck drivers currently, um, and is doing really, really, really well. And, uh, and then we have what I, what I consider, and I think many consider the goat Rob McCachron, who's been doing this for 30 years and, and dominating and, and winning and is tr- a true hero of the sport. Um, both of those guys had to pull into be a good pit for, for various reasons. Um, I think what one was for a tire change maybe. Mm-hmm. And then another one was to, uh, to work on a, I think a, a third member or something like that. So here's these, here's these pit guys who idolize the, especially these two guys, these two racers to be of heroes, um, of the sport, not just be of just of the sport in general. And they're touching that, that race car. And, Rob Max, you know, waving his hand out the window and acknowledging those guys for the help. Luke McMillan's, you know, talking to these guys and explaining what he wants and and uh, and then thanking them and, and putting a post out on social media these days and, and thanking the Be of Goodish Pit crew. Um, those guys remember that for life. Uh, they're down there because they have a passion and for two guys like that to to have the chance to just touch their car. Um, and be part of of their of their success or their race mm-hmm. uh, it is it's lifelong memory for them. I you know I can I can imagine the the stories and the that you know you're walking amongst them and, and what's cool is that it brings the whole thing like it brings it home. If you were at any other spot in any other place in the peninsula and you happen to walk by them, you may not actually know that they're humble, that they understand, like they, that they appreciate the services and the things that you guys are doing. And usually at that point, it's a heightened, you know, the adrenaline's going everything, even though some of these guys I've talked to just getting out of the, out of the car or off the bike and they sound like they're ordering coffee at Starbucks, which I don't know how they manage (laughs) that, but you know, the, the, they take a moment to reflect and, and acknowledge the effort that you just put into that. I mean, it's huge. And yeah, I'm the guy that welded that part on this car or this truck at this time. You know, I know that's me he's talking about or us he's talking about. That was our pit. That was our team that helped him. So that's, that's really, really cool. I mean, that thing's, it's just one more of the experiences and not just the, from the racing perspective, right? You don't have to actually be strapped into a race car to have experiences like that. Exactly. And, 
it, you know, and it comes down to the little things, uh, and it's things that you pick up after years and years of doing it. But I don't know how many yeah. times I've heard the peanut butter jelly sandwich story, um, you know, and it and it could be from a guy like Rob Mack who, you know, they've just been in the middle of nowhere beating themselves up and they oh the other thing is the lights of the bf goodrich pit like you know it's like a sigh of relief like the whole body just like ha oh, i made it to the bfg pit mm-hmm. um and pulling in there and uh and you know somebody hands you a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich while you're sitting there <laughs> while they're working on their car and they're just like that was the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich i've ever had because <laughs> you know something that i that that would stick to my my ribs and <laughs> tasted so good and yeah. um and uh how did you guys know i needed that and that uh and then little things like like having a bottle of water there is great but if you don't have a straw in it when they have a helmet on it's really hard to drink out of a bottle you know from a bottle of water without pouring it all on in the inside of your helmet and down yourself so um, little, little tiny details like that, um, just make, make the experience so much better for the racers and, uh, and, uh, the, you know, our, our volunteers and our pit people, they really take, take pride in, in being the best out there and, and providing the best experience. So, um, awesome. so yeah, I think yeah, a lot of it, <laughs> a lot of stuff goes into it and, uh, and, uh, I'm just very humble to be a small part of it, but, uh, very thankful for, uh, people who have uh, been placed in my life uh, to to um, to educate and uh, allow me to do some of the stuff that I get to do. Um, and it, it's funny how you talk about, you know, being able to talk to some of these off-road guys and, and getting the acknowledgement from them uh, is, is really a nice transition because I do, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Jackson and, uh, and what this company does. Uh, but you, re- you uh, read before. my mind. <laughs> yeah, okay. good. Well, it's a good transition then yeah. because I, I started off uh, 20 years ago and I was doing uh, pavement racing. I was doing, uh, at the time, it was America Le Mans series. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's called IMSA racing now. Um, but basically, you know, pavement racing and it was for the Michelin brand and, uh, um, you know, just to briefly say, you know, so basically Jackson, uh, Jackson Motorsports, Jackson Marketing Motorsports and Events, I think is the official uh, title of the company now. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be Jackson Dawson, used to be JD Motorsports, used to be a lot of different names over the Variations years. And Jackson's it, yeah. been the one, yeah, that started. And, uh, and uh, our, our president CEO is Daryl Jackson, who's uh, his father, Larry Jackson, is the one who started the company. Um, and originally started as a marketing company. Uh, it, he used to work for Ford and, and, uh, he and a guy named Sam Dawson and started a company up in Detroit area and called it Jackson Dawson. And, uh, so it was marketing, but kind of around the motor, automotive world because of their ties to Ford. Uh, and then Larry Jackson moves down to Greenville, South Carolina, which is where the company's based now. Um, and for rain, name recognition, since he already had it up North, uh, called it uh, Jackson Dawson, um, basically JD South, Jackson Dawson South. So uh, we were the Greenville branch, um, and again marketing for you know around the automotive world, and uh, and then Larry's son Daryl um, got out of college and started getting involved in the company. And Daryl really liked cars, loved cars, 
I've, I don't know anybody that's had as many cars as he has over the last 20 years that I've known him. <laughs> He's gone through a bunch, but, uh, he basically, uh, really wanted to start a motorsports program. Didn't really know what that meant, but we had a connection with, um, with Michelin BF Goodrich, uh, through some of the marketing stuff that we had going on. And so Daryl convinced his dad to start this motorsports company and, they said, what would it take? Basically, they went to BF Goodrich and said, what would it take uh, to get your motorsports business? And the guy in charge at the time said, you need to hire somebody that knows motorsports and knows what we do. And uh, so that guy uh, was Frank D'Angelo. It's basically Jackson Dawson's first uh, motorsports hire, if you will, because mm-hmm. uh, Frank, Frank had worked for BF Goodrich, uh, the company itself, uh, for a few years. And then... Um, uh, started his own company. Was I think at the time uh, had his own company going, and he had been involved with the with the heavily involved with the BF Goodrich pits and a lot of the stuff that BF Goodrich was doing in, in the motorsports world, uh, both pavement and off road. And so knew, knew knew the business better than anybody else. And uh, so Daryl approached Frank and <clears throat> and uh, worked out a deal. And, and Frank came and started working for. Jackson, and uh, with that uh, experience and knowledge of, of the industry and, and of BF Goodrich, the brand, um, also brought on uh, some of the truck drivers that have been driving for a different company, but been involved with uh, going to the races and providing su- support. So we were able to get a lot of those drivers. So we started off with that kind of a base at the beginning, um, and I would say that was that was um, I don't I want to say maybe 25 years ago, call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we became the motorsports agency uh, record for, for Michelin BF Goodrich. And, uh, and that's kind of how that started. So when I came on about 20 years ago, um, I got involved on the, um, on the, the pavement racing side. And this is kind of where that transition was coming because I went to a lot of races, a lot of tests and I could see the drivers Um but these drivers would, you know, come in and, on helico- in helicopters or, you know, have their private jet land and get escorted to the track and have their little room where, you know, they had their whatever beverage of choice that they liked and, you know, specific, you know, um, I, I'll be politically correct, not makeup. <laughs> um, lemon flavored tofu water. Meal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I often <laughs> go there, but, <laughs> um, you know, the umbrella on it, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I might get, be getting in trouble with the pavement races, but um, it, it's it's a different it's a different thing. And um, and you know, you can be the biggest a hole in the paddock and 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 just a a prick of a person, um, and still go out there and do really well in pavement racing mm-hmm. uh, because you're in a confined space. You're um, you're you're seconds away from from a medical crew being on site if you have a problem uh you your pit's right there you're 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 within this you know call it a five mile radius at the biggest tracks if you will Mm -hmm. so you have aid at your hand out in the middle of baja if you're that prick if you're that jerk that nobody can stand and, and if you if you were uh you know that big of a of a disliked person, yep. uh, you better really hope that 
the guy, next guy that passes you, if you've wrecked out in the middle of the desert, you have a broken arm or, or whatever, you're stuck in the middle of nowhere and you need some help, you better hope that that person that drives by, one, doesn't know you, doesn't know you're a jerk, or two, has way more integrity and is a way better person than you are. And it's going to say, okay, I need to help this guy out, even though he's a jerk. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, you, you need to have that, you know, you need to have that, uh, or you should have that type of camaraderie with your fellow racers, with race teams, the support crews that are down there. Um, we're all down there for the same thing. We're all down there. One to compete. If you're a racer um, support, if you're a support team, um, get value out of the race if you're a sponsor. Uh, you know, you're all down there. I, I talk with all the, you know, the other tire companies that are down there. Like I'm friends with the guys who represent the, the brands. And, um, you know, we talk, we talk about kids. We talk about a lot of different stuff that's outside of racing. Um, but you develop relationships with people. And, you know, if, if you just want to say, well, I'm BFG, I'm, you know, I don't need to talk to that person or, you know, they should, you know, stay away from me. I'm kind of a big deal, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, Bryce Menzies or, or Luke McMillan, like, you know, I don't need to know you, you know, I, I, I'm, I have a, uh, fortunately part of a, a family that's got some money behind me. I, I've got all the money in the world. I don't need any help. Uh, you can find yourself in need of help real fast out there in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Um, so yeah. uh, I think that, I, I guess I just look at that as that was, a, that's what sold me. Um, I guess uh, it's been 12 years now since I started doing the off-road stuff. Um, that was the biggest thing for me is these, these drivers uh, would actually talk and, and, and would walk around at pit meetings and, and shake the guy's hands and say, thank you. Um you know, they're interacting with the crowds, you know, they're, they're high five and they're really enjoying the experience. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of egos involved, but a lot. Um, and you know, there's some people I like less than others <laughs> in the sport. And I think that's just, uh, humanity yeah. itself, but, um, but it's just, it's just a total different environment. And, uh, you know, to be, to be, standing next to a guy you know worth hundreds of millions of dollars and you know and he's you know talking about hey you know where are we gonna go get some tequila or or uh you know hey how's your daughter doing or you know this is just mind-blowing yeah it's a whole whole nother customer in that crowd yeah exactly yeah. and it's not because those customers have less money it's just because they're in a different environment and chosen a different sport and it's one that relies on on relationships and, and relationships to me is, is the key to this whole thing. And, um, well, especially you know, the, I, the racing out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you're literally one corner away, one decision away from spending a lot of time out in the desert with yourself or with your yeah. co-driver in a not so ideal situation. And so I think that that's, I think it's humbling. And I think that everybody has kind of grown up in the desert that way, you know, and understands the vastness of it. And just like you said, yeah, you're not, um, if something goes sideways, help isn't right there. You're not in a safe space whatsoever. What's going on, guys? Victor with the Chasing Waypoints podcast. All right. Are you looking to promote your brand to a worldwide audience on the podcast? Drop us a line at podcast at chasingwaypoints.com and let's talk. See what we can do about getting you some more ears for your company and getting the word out worldwide. No, no. And you need, yeah, you, you, you. 
That's why I said you better hope that that person <laughs> and and you know what ninety nine percent of the guys even though you can't stand that person you're not going to leave somebody hanging out in the middle of the desert. It's just not the yeah not no the I mean way, that, the then that becomes a reflection on you at the end you know even if that is that person is a class one you know a hole <laughs> you, yeah. you know it's a bad reflection on you so i had it could be it, it could be the difference between getting strapped to the back of the truck or getting allowed to sit inside the truck <laughs> sit, shot, sit on the co-driver's lap <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well i and i've seen some of these cockpits and i can tell you there's not much room so i know that's not comfortable either <laughs> right yeah right i'll hang on to the back so my my question is this, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that we do with uh, chasing waypoints is a lot of the is the rally side of things. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I know that Baja has been a proving ground for BF Goodrich tires for a very long time. Do we see some of that technology end up from here? Like, how far does the development of a tire go? Like, what we see in Baja, does that cross the pond into Dakar and to some of the other rally raid events and stuff like that? Yeah, hundred um, percent. The it, it's actually a little bit of a crossover, um, believe it or not, and, and which is really really good, which is why I really like um, Beef Goodrich's involvement in the Dakar uh, race itself. Um, you know, it, Beef Goodrich hasn't been a global brand for very long. Uh, yeah, we've raced in Le Mans, and we've raced in some places in in uh, in, in Europe and Asia and, and Africa. Um, but there's never been a, a we, we haven't sold tires globally um, for very long. I think it's only been maybe five years since oh, wow. we've become, become a global brand. Um, and so it, it, to check my time chart, but it's whenever BF Goodrich became the official tire of Dakar mm-hmm. um, is, is, is that global effort um, to get us out there. And so, um, <clears throat> so yeah, the, Part of it, yeah, was um, was was showcasing the, the global effort, but then also uh, to be able to to build that tire. So yeah, I, I would say there's a lot of crossover with technology from those tires. Uh, even here in the states, we've started using that Dakar style tread pattern, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, obviously, the, the what they race on over there is way different than what we race on here, or parts of it right so baja you can have you can have dunes you can have sand you can have whoops you can have um but then, but then you have rocks and you have uh you have sticks you have cactus you have a ton of stuff that goes into baja which uh, I, I won't go back into the, the baja side of things um it's one of the reasons we chose that area is just because of the variety of terrain that the tires are, are going through but um yeah, but specifically to Dakar. So yeah, um, you know, puncture resistance um, is huge. Just uh, you know, up in Dakar, you you hear of a lot of stick puncture or, or sharp rocks. You get a lot of cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so developing compounds that, that are, are cut resistant, if you will, um, and then and then some of the the material, not just the materials, but the, the design of that, how you how you make those materials all mesh together and and um yeah for a while it was all about we want to be the toughest tire we want to be the toughest winningest tire um not just in in baja but wherever we race Mm -hmm. um and and it's advanced and not only do we want those two things but we also want the performance side um so yeah you ask a racer like what's the most important thing about a tire is don't go flat 
Yeah. Um, and there's a, a bunch of ways that a tire can go flat. <laughs> um, I, I never hear, uh, I never hear at the end of a race, oh man, I had uh, you know, three broken wheels. No, it's never broken wheels, even though once when, when you find the, the tire package, uh, you know, the wheels shattered and there's a big gaping hole in the center of the wheel because you smashed a rock. Um, it's a flat tire. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so a lot of that, uh, consideration but the, the crossover so yeah there's there's definitely i would say we started with the technology uh that we developed in baja for the dakar tire but then tread patterns because it is you know dunes and a lot of sand mostly sand um the tread patterns change a little bit for for the dakar style racing um the vehicles are not as high horsepower uh in dakar as they are in baja uh, for the big guys and then you know the weights of the vehicles are different um, so there's a, a, definitely some differences in the tires, but I would say there's definitely some, some crossovers. So, uh, like I mentioned, the sharp rock that the Dakar tires get into, uh, in the, in the, the compounds and materials that needed to go into the development of a tire to help with that, um, is transferred into some of the, the, the stuff we're putting into the, the tires and, in, in, in North America racing, um, so yeah, definitely some crossover in uh, the the tire designer, the tire builders, the race tire designer here in uh, the U.S. Mm-hmm. is uh, is in constant conversation with the tire builder uh, in Europe and and for the Dakar stuff. So uh, a lot of collaboration goes on between those guys and and, um, and and they work together on a lot of stuff. So yeah, I would definitely say there's crossover there. Yeah. I can, you know, I can imagine there's, you know, there's going to be unique situations. I mean, like in Dakar, there, a lot of the vehicles are uh, equipped where the rules allow with def- deflation and inflation devices. So they're going to be changing tire pressures on the fly, exposing the tire to different heat, because when you, well, deflate the tire, there's higher, <laughs> there's more friction there and higher heats where that might be something on the trophy truck side. Yeah. More, a heavier vehicle. Uh, obviously some, in some cases, even double the horsepower, you know, and, and obviously they're, you know, the Dakar, if you're going to run a, a 600 mile day, you know, you got to make it 600 miles without a flat where in a trophy truck, you know, you got about a hundred miles or less between pits or somebody that could get you a tire if need be. So I, I feel like there's, yeah, there, there's definitely, I could see where both of them you know, you you take some of the the technology and some of the stuff that's learned in Baja and throw that at Dakar, and then I can also see where the Dakar stuff will help improve some of the Baja stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know Dakar. I, I don't know the current rules, but I want to say there's a rule about not allowing um, a inflation system on the vehicle. For Dakar stuff, I believe. I, I think yeah. maybe Robbie showed up with it one time, um, yeah, I, uh, and I it think, didn't go over very well. <laughs> yeah, I know there. Yeah, it's like, well, and then Rob, it seems like every time that Robbie pushes something, then you know, I, I think they realize how big of a threat he could be to the sport. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not threat in in a bad way, threat in, in the unthroning some of those guys yeah yeah an american doing well in the big class yeah i know on the bikes Um, i'm surprised they've let it go on the bikes as as far as they have um i mean that's just saying that the organization's bad i've actually had to work or not had to i've had the pleasure of working with a few of the guys uh further up in the dakar chain 
and I, and, I, and they're actually really cool guys, you know, and I just collectively sometimes, yeah, we, we, from our side, you know, outside looking in, think that some of the decisions they make are, are unfair. Uh, but you know, that's just politics and organization stuff. But yeah, anyway, I mean, it's, there's so many rules and so many things that you have to play by, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's And yeah, I mean, uh, the only rally experience I had was down in Sonora. Um, and I met some really good people. It's actually, I think it's a connection, uh, here with, with you and I, but, um, the, uh, the, the sanctioning body definitely, uh, you know, I hear, I hear a lot of people saying, you know, man, they're just dictators, if you will, of the, of the rules and, and we don't understand a lot of the rules and whatever. I, I'll give I'll give them benefit of the doubt and say they, they sure they have their reasons. Uh, when it comes to tires, I was a little frustrated a few years ago when they were trying to limit the speeds of some of the new cars uh, with tire size, um, and all that did was just create a uh, you know basically a lot of fail- tire failures because um, you couldn't drive that vehicle slow enough to 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 do well and and not get uh tire uh, tire flies because you know they they would not listen to the tire company's recommendation and reasoning for going to this size um you know they wanted to try to limit the, the speed of the car uh by the tire size and, and you know what make a restrictor plate or something like yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's not it, it doesn't make us look good it doesn't make you know the tire company look good because we're the ones getting the flats um, and then, you know, if you're just a viewer, you don't understand the reason, you know, why the why that's happening. You just say, oh, man, BFG's getting a bunch of flats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's not it's not good. It's um, never so, the broken wheel. It's always the flat tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, I, again, I you know, trust me, I don't want to be that guy, that guy making rules and enforcing rules. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the race director at score. You know, I don't want to be him. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Trying so, to appease everybody. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It's the same thing with my job. I hear a lot of times like, Oh man, you got the best job in the world. And I would love to have your job. Um, I'm like, yeah, because what you see out here is, is, um, a very small part of my job. And like, uh, you know, they, they're not there for the, for the, the phone calls out all hours of the day and the, and the, um, dealing with the two time zones behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was funny. Yeah. Or three time zones or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, and, and it's funny because when, when I first started, I hear that, you know, I try to, I try to defend or justify what I was doing, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't even care. It's like, yeah, I have the best job in the world. Yeah. Too bad I have it and you don't. Yeah. Uh, whatever. You know, I just kind of play it off. But, um, but yeah, uh, so no, I don't have any of those guys that are making those rules. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, got to give them the respect that, um, that they deserve for the work that they put into it, uh, whether we agree with it or not. Uh, I, I will say that's one thing I love about, uh, score and the trophy truck class and class one class is the unlimited racing. There's no, uh, unless you, you, you are, you're probably more knowledgeable on this on a global scale, but um, as far as I know, there's no other form of unlimited racing yeah. um, than, than trophy truck and class one stuff. No, I mean, it's literally throw as much as you have at it. And the rules are, 
I mean, uh, forty inch tall tire is what it's at now. I remember back when it was no, thirty eight. No, it's it's unlimited. Oh, now they've gone I mean, unlimited. They're running forties now, but I could run a fifty on it if I wanted to. <laughs> there's there's no rule. There's no rule on tire soon. size. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've already had the 42. Oh, okay. Uh, we, yeah, we had a 42 on a 20-inch wheel uh, a few years ago. It's just it was too much for the trucks to handle. Just there a little bit. Like two trucks, I think that ran it yeah. uh, a little ahead of the time. But I'm not. Let them say there uh, might yeah. might be a, a bigger tire in the near future. We never know. Yeah, I mean that bigger you know, the tire, smaller, smaller desert, smaller the holes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't I don't know that a lot of people know that that yeah, it does bridge the gap. It doesn't fall as deep into the hole as you you know as you would say. Plus it increases the ground clearances when you have things like differentials, you know, swinging around back there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, awesome. <laughs> well, then I know you got to you're just getting your day started on the East Coast. So, uh yeah, yeah. More, <laughs> Already had a few of the, the morning. I get up early. Yeah, I get up early. I like to have a head start on everybody. My my, my cof, coffee and a crossword puzzle is kind of like how I like to start my day. It's nothing race related. It's a little brain stretch and nice. uh, jump start to the day. But um, but no, I um, we are getting rolling in the office. Get get things moving. Um, nice. Like I said, as working for for Jackson, um, you know. It's, we got the motorsport side, but there's a lot of other stuff that's going on that uh, I get to be involved with it. They still have the marketing stuff and do a lot of work for a lot of brands. So it's a lot of variety, which I really enjoy. So, nice. um, but yeah. Awesome. Uh, no, I appreciate the invite and um, hopefully I, I didn't just ramble too long and make it too boring, but no, no, um, no. Hopefully, hopefully conveyed what, what, what be of good is brand history and, and, and and uh, future looks like uh, when it comes to off-road racing and rally even. And, uh, and then also Jackson's involvement and, and how that kind of comes into play and how we're also the place where you call and buy the race tires as well. So that 1-800-RACE-BFG numbers, um, Jackson deep, handles all, all of that. Yeah. So, nice. so yeah, I didn't go too deep into the Jackson stuff, but um, it's definitely uh, hand in hand. A lot of people out, out, out in the community, um, think of us as, as BF Goodrich employees because, you know, we're representing the brand. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're dressed BF Goodrich, you know, we talk BF Goodrich. Um, so it, it's a really, it's a really good, uh, uh, partnership, I guess, if you will, between the, the two companies and, and, um, so yeah, it's, uh, awesome. definitely a, a privilege to be part of a, of a great brand like, uh, Michelin and BF Goodrich and, and, uh, happy to represent. Yeah. That's to say, you can get to uh, get to eat tacos and then go back east and and explain and and work and do all of this stuff and and then come back and eat more tacos and <laughs> you get yeah, to travel. Yeah, the biggest thing I have to the biggest thing I have to explain on the east coast is that these aren't tacos. This isn't Mexican food. <laughs> uh, this is Tex-Mex. This is yeah. <laughs> this is not what a taco tastes like. This is not what a tortilla tastes like. This is yeah. not what carne asada is. And yeah. they're like, what's carne asada? Like, Wait, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, one day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and it's a little far to wrap them up to go. <laughs> right. Right. And the other thing I don't have in South Carolina that, that that's right there on par with the tacos is probably the In-N-Out. I don't have an In-N-Out burger. And, no. That's usually one of my first stops when I land in San Diego is to 
I'd do an In-N-Out burger. One of the ones, yeah, the, probably the one closest to the airport, National City, or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that that's uh, it, it's interesting, but they're working. But I can say they're working their way. I have a friend that works for In-N-Out, and I know that they're working. Uh, they're working their way back east, little by little. Yeah, I, I say that. Um, I probably wouldn't like it as much if I had it available all the time. So I kind of like the novelty of it. That, uh, that's a good it, point. You know, I. You know, I have something to look forward to because uh, if you have it at your access all the time, that's why I went, when I land out in California and see these guys like, oh, great. Guess we got to go to in and out right? I'm like, don't you like them? Like, like, yeah, really? they're great. But, you know, I've been there five times this week. Yeah, I don't I don't have that. So, yeah. Um, so deal with it. But, We're going. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on over. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, Nate, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and yeah, giving us some of the history on, on BFG and what, uh, what they've done out on obviously in the desert in Baja and, and then some of the ties of, uh, with the Dakar and the development stuff. And, and then of course, Jackson. So I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to awesome. be here. Uh, appreciate the opportunity and, uh, stay racing, stay out there, yeah. be safe and uh, enjoy life. You only got one go at it. Yeah, there we go. Only one lap on this one. Only one lap race. <laughs> awesome, sir. Well, I appreciate it. Have a good day. All right, bud. Thanks. Awesome. Bye. Thanks. Let's see you. Bye. All right. So there you have it. That was Nate Hunt from the Jackson Motorsports Group, or as we affectionately know it, and most of us, I don't know if a lot of you guys knew that, but uh, they represent the brand, obviously, BF Goodrich and Michelin Tire. So I don't know that a lot of people know that. I only knew about that in, back from our racing days, uh, and that was when Frank D'Angelo was basically doing what Nate is doing. Uh, and coordinating all of these things and yeah it's the stuff of legends as far as their support and what they've done and offered to racers in the past and now and currently uh, so it is really really awesome to see them support the brand you know and i, I did kind of mention that i know there are ties between bf goodrich you know stateside and what they develop here for race trucks versus what they develop for the car cars and what they do over there I know there's crossover and I know there's a lot of stuff that works, but one of the big things too is that it's not just that, but it's how they support desert racing, how they support the industry and what they provide. And so I think that that's a really big, you know, a really, really big deal, you know, working with score, working with the racers and, and really functioning hand in hand with the organizations. And if you've ever seen one of their pit books that they have uh, or map books, it's i mean we we have some of those still stacked up from the years that we were racing and you can open them up and just just to look and you can tell the work and the amount of effort that goes into these to create them and and it's it's amazing and it's awesome and it's you know you're happy to have one of those in your hand when things go sideways because it gives you a level of certainty uh to what you're doing you know if you're a chase crew and trying to get into baja and a lot of this stuff, you know, it's interesting is a lot of the stuff that when you get into some of these roads and some of these trails is like you, for instance, you see Baja Rally, you know, Baja Rally may use some of these roads as well. It just depends on where they're at and in the terrain, because, yeah, as he mentioned, you know, you have to work with the local landowners. You have to have uh, some communication with them and you got to figure out, you know, who's the guy that's really going to give us the permission to get through this and go into these places. The difference with score and, and rally racing is going to be that, you know, yeah, score has hundreds of competitors and they're going to pre-run. So if you think about it, if each competitor on average maybe does two laps of the entire race course before they race, so three laps total, 300 entries, this is 900 times that this course is going to be ran in the course of a week or so. That's a lot. 
you know, where rally racing, you know, you're talking about, you know, if we're talking about the organization with Baja Rally, it's like you're talking about three people, maybe four people running sections of the course months in advance. So you would never really actually it. There's a high probability that you will not run into anybody until it's time for the race. So that's where it's important to have that relationship with the landowners and have some understanding as to what is happening. So it's really, really cool. You know, I mean, there's if you're listening to the show and you've ever thought about going to the Baja races, there's a lot of things that you can experience, whether if it's going to be on Rally Raid and something like Baja Rally or Sonora Rally uh, over on mainland Mexico, or if it's, you know, going to one of the Baja races, Baja 400, 500, 1000, the 250, any of those races. So anyway, with that being said, guys, I got to get ready for work and get out the door. So I leave you in good hands of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed And remember, it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Looking forward to our next one coming up. Remember, if you are out riding, do not forget to tag us at Chasing Waypoints. Hashtag Chasing Waypoints. And if you haven't already... Get on over to the website, get signed up for the newsletter, The Bivouac, North America's Rally Raid and Adventure Riding newsletter. Hey, let's have some fun. Let's find out what are you guys up to. Let's get you featured. If you're a brand and looking to get supported, get some eyeballs, get some ears on your business. Absolutely. Hit us up. Send us a message at podcast at Chasing Waypoints. But anyway, that is a wrap. Remember, shiny side up. See you guys.